Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right. Whether they make you want to cry or sing, from great provider to the history of everything theme from the Big Bang Theory, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. His face is dry and cracked. It's my co-host, Evan. This all will pass, just like us. Just like my co-host, Saker. Yay! Memento Mori! Hooray! <laughs> Please remember that you one day will die. Um, that's very, very depressing. And I think we'll get into it as we talk, but... Oh, yeah, for sure. Boy, this is a song about death, isn't it? Well, I'm not, we're not talking about the song yet. Okay, We're just talking okay. about your inevitable death. What's... Oh, okay. How do you think I'm going to go, Ev? Um, hot dog eating contest? That's unbelievably likely that's the likeliest thing i've ever heard how do you think they are the perfect size and shape to clog that airway how do you think i'm gonna go i think you're going to go in and don't say hot dog uh, eating contest because i had that surgery to make my throat hot dog proof that's right uh horrifying wood chipper accident (laughs) (laughs) it's like one of those where where i i know it now and i try and stay away from wood chippers but that actually hastens my inevitable demise that's correct yes it's a real final destination scenario Mm. (laughs) did you ever read that book um machine of death no I'm going to loan it to you. This is the first time I've ever loaned you a book because mm. <laughs> I'm the dumb one in this scenario. No, um, you're not. But it's 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 a great compilation of short stories where there's a machine and it can uh, prick your finger and then it spits out a little card and mm-hmm. it tells you what you're going to die of. Okay. And it'll say something like old age, but it's always like a monkey's paw, like an old man in a car hits you because he couldn't see very well because of his old age. Like, so well, don't give away all. So, so now I know it's like an M night Shyamalan <laughs> short story collection. Okay. Once you read the first story, you'll be like, I get it now. And they were ghosts every all along. <laughs> Fact or fiction. It was all a dream. Beyond belief. Oh, We've been watching. Uh, we've been watching Jonathan Frakes's uh, Beyond Belief Factor Fiction together. Yeah. <laughs> One episode every two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, as we have our outside hangouts, and uh, it's been a real joy. But you are correct. Every other one is: was he a ghost all along, or was it a UFO? <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I forgot what the what the uh, conceit of the entire. Did show our was. writers make up a kindly old woman who happened to be beside the road when the man needed an extra dollar? <laughs> Yes, they did. Like, it's just, there's no rhyme nor reason for these. No, because even the fact ones, the ones that are real, if you've never seen fact or fiction, listeners, it is just as it sounds. They present stories to you and you have to decide if they're fact or fiction. But the fact ones are like, this is an urban legend. It's fact. Yeah. It's fact that people have said it before. Based so, on a story yeah. a friend once told me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I believe one of the ones last night was based on a book that someone read and they called it fact. Like... <laughs> All right, I guess, <laughs> if you're really stretching what fact means. Um, but it's a joy. Um, do you think uh, that your death will be celebrated? Ooh, you know, I hope not. Okay. I mean, it depends. You're either going to die young or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's what I've always said I'm, about I'm you. Like, I'm, I think I'm the old, like one of the older people in our peer group, so I think I'm mm-hmm. definitely going before the rest of you. But you're in such good shape. I'm not, is the problem. though. You say that, but you run like a mile a day. That's not that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You walk up to a thousand steps a day. Yeah. You're incredibly in shape. Got, uh, got my feet. Got my hands. <laughs> Sometimes I think about what my life would be like if I improved my diet. 
I would be like a svelte hundred pounds even. Oh yeah. I would be yeah. <laughs> like because I exercise I'd be six not foot a... six foot five, a buck and a quarter. <laughs> Love exactly. I exercise fine. It's just that my diet is the diet of a trash monster. Yeah, I, my diet. Um, I, I eat like somebody who's going to die in their 60s. That's my plan. That's my life goal. I think, yeah. I mean, past that, is it even any fun anyway? Yeah, I just don't want to be a burden on anybody in my old age. <laughs> like, that's my thing. Like, yeah, if I could go as, go of a heart attack, like, right about when I'm about to get infirm, perfect. <laughs> wow. Yeah, boy, oh, boy. That's the dream, ain't it? That's <laughs> right. <die> <laughs> Oh, that seems just like wake up in hell. Oh boy, do you think if the Christian conceits of heaven and hell exist, do you think you're going to? I mean, I guess if it's Christian, then yeah, we're yes, all going, we're to, going hell to hell because yeah. we don't. And, yeah, I mean, we're not. Believers. Except for unless you want to like sneak in a deathbed uh, confession. <laughs> okay, I hail Mary right before I go. Yeah, sure. I don't know why not. Yeah, like right? I said, it, does, it never hurts. It's like Pascal's wager, right? It's not going to hurt oh. hurt you to unless they're unless you're recanting to the wrong god. It's like. <laughs> Dear Hermes. Sorry, Zeno's Christian Fellowship was right. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, wait, have we talked about this before on the podcast? What? Is getting in those last minute... Uh, no, I don't, uh, I don't think th- so. Thank you, Jesus. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. oh, okay. I mean, just like the Brennan Ladies, every song is another or heartbreak now. <laughs> I feel like we have gone through all of our cyclical motions in 140 episodes of this podcast. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of 140 episodes of this podcast, some bare news kid ladies to talk about. Um, do we have a drop? Pieces. Do we have a drop for that? Uh, I believe you were going to create one. Bear naked news. <laughs> I thought it was bear news. The entire conceit of the the thing is wrong. Um, so number one, Kev says that uh, uh, work is almost done. It's in the final oh, mixing the phases. The new album, album ten. Okay. Are you excited? You hear hear the joy of the. <laughs> anticipation of my voice here it is i just i wonder we probably have 70 weeks till we get to it or so right so i just wonder if in a year and a half they're going to be knee deep into another album yeah God, wouldn't that be <laughs> yeah they can't stop they won't stop can't stop won't stop thing number two maroon 20 and 2020 this is the 20th anniversary of maroon just a few weeks ago okay isn't that crazy that it's yeah, 20 years unbe- old? Unbelievable. <laughs> Something that was made got old. <laughs> but it feels so fresh. Uh, no. Nah, uh, you don't think so? Is it like a like a K-pop album? Like, what is it? Why is it so uh, fresh to you? <laughs> sure. I just feel like I could pop on Falling for the First Time on the radio, and all those K-pop stands would be like, is this BTS? Is this? <laughs> who is this? I just feel like it's always, it's a, it's a, it's a perennial classic. Okay. You don't think so? It just uh, falling for the first time. Yeah, I mean the whole album, but I'm just picking out a random song. Just yeah, I guess it, it would <laughs> it would blend seamlessly with uh like all the the high energy TikTok culture of today's youth. <laughs> I will tell you, Maroon to me is a very very fall album, so mm-hmm. I may start blasting that sometime soon here. Because that album, to me, reminds me a lot of, uh, as le- we're recording this, we're just one day away from the beginning of fall. Because leaves turn maroon in the fall. I believe that's their intent here, <laughs> yes. That's why they chose what they chose. Um, yeah, just returning to a simpler time. That's what I want to do. Because right now, yeah. Ev, you we're You want to make a- America great again. I get it. I do. I do. <laughs> we're in a complicated time in the Barenaked Ladies, and we're in a complicated time in the world. Uh, I should have done those in the 
opposite order because that would have been a much better segue to today's <laughs> song. Today's song is called On the Lookout, and if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. Roll this one from the Torah. Okay, Ebbo, roll this one from the top, roll my friend. Just one. <laughs> it's what like they the tried fuck? to say it backwards and then play it forwards. Yes, it reminds me of the the little a person in Twin Peaks. The, roll this one from the top. The the the, the YouTube video was posted on their from their site. Like their uh-huh. their their account had fifteen hundred views. Yeah, and for good reason. Yeah, it's fairly low. Uh, you remember you and I talked about this last week when we talked about maybe judging the quality and popularity of their songs yes. from the number of views on the yeah, YouTube I video. It very distinctly. Okay. Um, yeah, and so I, I believe that uh, yeah, this one is also perhaps not a banger. Not yeah. a banger. I feel like uh, it's it's like um, summertime, but in all the worst ways, like musically. Like I feel like the BNL boys feel about seventies music, like I feel about like alternative rock and ska, like nineties music in particular. So like. I guess it makes sense they'd fall back on their like comfortable standbys as they're mm. trying to like reinvent themselves. But like, it worked. It really worked in summertime. The Waka Chicka shit did not work this time. Really? For um, me, for me, I should say. Boy, oh boy. Obviously, that's. I don't know why I had to state it. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I think. I don't know. I think. The Waka Chicka stuff is is. Interesting, but I think there's a lot more that differentiates itself from a 70s song. We have those huge, beautiful strings, yeah, right? Yeah, like it's like the worst parts of the Waka Chicka 70s jive funk updated with the worst parts of 90s sensibility. There's like a fucking you... water drop MIDI somewhere in there. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You think the orchestral stuff is the worst part of 90s? No, music? the orchestral stuff think? is them like furiously trying to course correct, but then they like throw in like <laughs> fucking re- like the the. The, the Jesus, that fucking musical breakdown with the faux record scratching, that's just teeth grating. Uh, and then they did it again. It's like yes, Pollywog in a bog, and Ed just goes like, zap, at one point. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, let's, we're talking about a bunch of different stuff, so let's hone it down. Okay. The, the, the scratching is bizarre the first time they did the roll this one from the top at the beginning i was like oh this is fun this is like maybe katie but they're like i'll set the metronome like we're getting back to the funky little like uh, goofy stuff mm-hmm. but then the third time they did it in the song i was like i'm fucking done with this sampling <laughs> and kev trying to fake mix it with his his keyboard uh-huh. like his little record scratches yeah that 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 sucked they're so weird and disparate from the rest of the song right um, it's all disparate and i feel like the strings normally i mean the strings are lovely I like the strings, but they just, I feel like they, they, it's like papering over a hole in the wall, right? I guess, I, see, I don't think I had the same core objection that you did with this song because I kind of liked the Waka Chicka sound a little bit on this one. Um... I don't know. I th- I thought it was cool. This is not a sound that they've really explored before this album. Yeah, yeah. 
And, just and like, to, to explore it twice on one album is a lot, but... <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you remember, you remember 70s? Remember the 70s? Remember them? Do you think Steve was just vehemently like, no, I do not remember the 70s. We will never do a song about the 70s. And as soon as he left, they're just like, they exploded into a 70s vibe. I think they're just, uh, they're just kind of like, they're, I mean, obviously this is an experimental album and they're just kind of like trying to get in touch with their roots, I guess. And like re- sure. rebuild themselves after the, the departure of Steve. But I mean, in the PP era, I hope that we're not seeing more of this like 70s vibe. And because like, again. <laughs> I liked Summertime. It was it was a bright, refreshing song, and I think it worked like the... I think what it is, is that, like, this, like, um... This, like, waka, chicka, like, porn music has become so, like, self-referentially a joke to me... Okay. ...that I cannot yeah. take a song seriously that has that this this stuff in it because sure. it's, been, it's been lampooned like again sure. it's like ska music right you can't throw in a ska music ska music into anything and take it fucking seriously anymore and yeah. i get it i get that and i think that that's what didn't jive for me because summertime was a silly song with this stuff in it and it worked fine but here is a very serious song with this goony music yeah i i could see that is it a serious song yeah. Because I don't know. Well, I, I, you're right. I think I read the lyrics and it was going, I was like, this is going to be a fucking drag. This song is going to suck. It looks like a real bummer of a song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, and as we look at the lyrics, like, again, as we mentioned, they're kind of all about death and, and doing what you have can do now and because you're going to die later. And I was like, this is going to suck. And then it was entirely the opposite when I started listening to it. And I was so, I, I love that, like, when the song goes one way and the lyrics go another. I'm a fan of that. But usually it's like upbeat melody, sad lyrics. Mm-hmm. This is like sad lyrics and walk a chicka 70s <laughs> melody, which that that delighted me more, more than music, it would. Yeah. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. What genre, what genre of videos are more in the moment than porn? I don't think there's a single one. I don't think we can... Uh... In 2020? Yeah, in any, in any age. I think that porn, oh. <laughs> porn, porn necessitates to live and die in the moment, right? There has to be a band out there that just does porn music oh, yeah. exclusively, right? Oh, yeah. Like puts out albums of porn music still today. Well, there's like an adult like video. There's an adult awards where they like give awards for best score. Best, right? Me- really? Oh yeah, yeah. There's an adult movie awards. Wow, unbelievable. Okay, I, I wonder if there are like ha- have. Do you think there's any porn out there who's ever like gone above and beyond to do like we hired Harry Gregson Williams to do like the the score for our porn? Um, boy, I just searched Hans, for best Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. I searched for best score porn, and absolutely, I yeah. there's a lot for top score porn videos, high score porn videos. Mm-hmm. What is this? People playing arcade games while they I don't know. There's no way to tell what the best. Uh, best music in a porn is it's okay one day we'll get to the bottom of that but you know what honestly um i feel like uh one of the best things they did for this album speaking of kind of the the production value of the album is the return to michael philip wajwoda uh he was the producer for gordon mm-hmm. and they returned to him for this album as kind of a return to form like we're getting back to our roots blah 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 i feel like on this album so far there's been a lot of maybe like half-baked ideas maybe like uninteresting on their own ideas that are just like so plussed up with the incredible direction and production like summertime mm-hmm. would have been a shitty song and that song like w- rules because i think the production is so great this song would have been this song is fine but without the production without like strings plus porn music plus like it would have been like pretty low tier don't you think 
without music at all yeah but no without it was without... just a spoken word poem Without Woj Woda's direction, you fucking troll. Because <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if they know well enough by themselves to do great things without, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't want to speak with, for them. My my fear is that Barenaked Ladies are not bad now. Because I don't think they could ever be bad. It's that I feel nothing. It's that I look into their eyes and I don't feel what I once did. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of this album is, okay, so what are we now? Yeah. Are we, are we this kind of band? Are we this kind of band? What are we doing here? Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, BNL has never been, at least early on, were never any sort of. I mean, they were kind of like a funny folk band almost. Right. Like a, and then they then they veered more into rock, and now they're I think they're back in the like Gordon phase, which I've said before a million times, so I'm not going to repeat myself. I, yeah, I even guess though so. I just did. I mean, the Gordon phase. It's hard to say that they're back in the Gordon phase because Gordon was lush and interesting and varied i guess at least we're hitting varied here and like maybe mm-hmm. we're hitting lush too those big strings are really they're they're not they're beautiful i don't know uh they mm-hmm. were such a surprise when they popped in and a delight um i don't know maybe we are i guess we are back in the gordon days four, yeah, we'll four, yeah i mean yeah four I mean, that... seconds last week was a, a big swing too yeah uh you know how i felt about that i actually have forgotten ah fuck it i'll just go back and listen to the episode later okay um but yeah i I do so here's my here's my biggest problem with the song my biggest problem with the song is not the instrumentation it's not even necessarily the lyrics it's jim it's just jim jim's voice and his voice doesn't move me the same way i moved with any of the other ladies i feel like each of the other ladies even ty on four seconds and on um you know uh snack time with his like sort of manic energy Mm-hmm. moves me jim is just fine he's just fine he's he's like the white bread of this band i don't know i mean i, I get that i get that yeah i don't know and I, like i don't know i feel like yeah he's best he's best on the bass and he's best in the background yeah. like most bass players he is best uh left as a season as a spice yeah yeah absolutely right? yeah i don't want my dish to taste like cinnamon i want it to taste of cinnamon <laughs> You don't want to be. You don't want I, your dish to be cinnamon. I don't want to do the cinnamon challenge. That's correct. Yes. Um, I mean, like even like I don't think there was a lot for everybody else to do on this song. Like, he, like Ty stays in three four time basically the whole song, whole time with only like the very most basic stripped down fills. Yeah. And again, I'm not asking for him to. I'm not asking for an extended drum solo. But like I don't know. I feel like Jim just fronted himself in a way that I found kind of. Uh, uh, unappealing yeah in this song yeah yeah and i don't know how much control he had over everybody whether he you know told ty you know no you can't do anything but I'm sure i would was... be very surprised if he didn't like exercise a absurd level of of micromanaging control really? over this. because based on what i've heard about jim is he is like obsessive with this stuff okay right? yeah sure he's got an idea he's the, he's he's got the a, mad scientist and i bet he like is literally sitting there like tapping on the drums like no tide like this three four times yeah 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 i do sometimes think about adel's story uh where he told us way back in the if i had a million dollars episode where he mm. said oh you are you in a brand ladies cover band and jim said sometimes i feel like it <laughs> like, <laughs> i do think and that was probably around 2010 when that story happened so jesus christ okay yeah maybe jim is not at his best here um i also feel like he only has two speeds Jim is either overly sappy and sentimental, which is this song, or, or fucking weird. Fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like we've we've hit we've hit one of two gyms here. Um yeah. I don't know. And the thing is I, I yeah, I, I really, really liked the lyrics, but God, they just didn't it didn't work with this this uh 
The 70s jive funk. <laughs> did you like, what did you like about the lyrics? So I'm like, I'm a real sucker for songs about the beauty of impermanence. Okay. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best coping mechanisms for dealing with existential terror. Like, okay. <laughs> even if we do everything right forever, we'll be gone. Our kids are going to be gone. <laughs> the whole human race is going to be gone. And nothing we did, said, or thought will matter. Sure. Fuck. I mean, imagine all the dead alien races stuck in their equivalent of heaven, like after their species has died out. Right, right. Wow. Like, what are they doing? Like, so it's, it, and I liked, I like that. And then I like this, the idea that this is just about a song about like sort of committing to something and someone, even though, you know, it's all going to pass and fade. It's about like, you know, living in the moment, but also being aware of the transience of that moment and then taking a strange sort of pleasure in it. And I mean, we're all just clinging to a crumbling rock face, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, and and especially the line, like nothing lasts, make it last. Like that is perfect that's yeah. just a, that's a great line nothing lasts make it last yeah okay i hadn't thought about it i mean obviously i, I knew and then he takes a big fucking shit on it with record scratches <laughs> it is very a very very bad choice it's I, like it's like he- going to like a poetry reading and hearing this beautiful poem that touches you, and then realizing the author has been on the toilet the whole time, <laughs> and just as they as they fucking flush, and you just hear it, you just hear the toilet sucking down a big old shit. <laughs> this is a poetry reading. Are you not seeing? This? Oh, it's over Zoom. Sure, we're in the age of COVID, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Or they're know. behind like a, they're behind a screen. The masked poet. Uh, yeah. Oh fuck! I'd watch that show. I mean, not to punch down your joke, but it almost does feel like a poetry reading with a live DJ in the background. Like, and that is the story of my life. Chicka, chicka, churl. Thank you, MC Butterbutt. Like, I don't MC know. Butterbutt. <laughs> he just makes up MC names for each of the poets. Oh, man. I thought I agreed with you. I thought that this, this song was interesting in that it made the implicit in most songs explicit. Like, because it almost explicitly mm-hmm. says you're going to die. Um but I also felt like there was something sinister happening underneath the surface of this song. It's a gym song. Did you not? Did you get that at all? I don't. Okay, so here's here are the lines that did it for yeah, me. Yeah, no, it makes sense. We we chose this spot to begin. So already, what the fuck are you talking about? It makes me think that we're on. Like we're we're on the lookout over the the ocean, over the sea, over some great expanse of water, and like. Jim has said, this, this is the place where we will begin. We chose this spot to begin. And then, like, it makes me feel like there's something ritualistic happening here. And, I don't know, the waves crashed, smashing our past. Makes me feel like it's a ritual of rebirth. Maybe these are immortal uh, uh, entities that are claiming their new identities after, you know, their their lives have run out. Smashing up fast. Don't miss this. We've only got one shot. It's a time-based thing. Maybe the moon and planets are aligned, but only tonight. Uh, we have to do it now. Don't miss this. We've only got one shot. I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking maybe this is a resurrection of some old sea god. That they're bringing out of the water of the lookout. Yeah, I mean, it, it, or it's like a, a murder-suicide. Sure, could be, could be. Um, I mean, it's like, a, hold on to this dry cliff, hold on to this rock face, it's dry and cracked. Go on, hold and climb up, sure. grab on. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. Go. But don't wait too long. 
I'm longing to look out for you as you fall. Oh, wait, where where did the suicide come in? It just maybe sounds like a murder to me. Like he pushed some... this will this will all pass just like us is what I'm thinking. Is he throwing himself in afterwards? Got it. Okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that might exactly be what this is. So this is I mean, maybe sea cliffs are the perfect place for a murder suicide, well, right? Uh, both both in terms of a, the perfect crime and in terms of like picturesque. Like that's where yeah, you might I mean... set one. We were talking about our impending deaths earlier, and I think that I had I had like one of those moments when I was uh, in Ireland, and we went. My partner and I went to the Cliffs of Moher. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of them, but I they are so. very statuesque and they're very beautiful. And I remember just looking at them, and they were all shrouded in mist. I'm like, oh, yep, this is where I go. This is where I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> like, and I just had this image of myself in like a wheelchair, wheeled up by my children. I didn't I didn't know I was only going to have one back then. Uh-huh. My child, I guess now, and then just like me tottering up and then just off the edge of the cliff oh my god boy there really is no railing there's no they just yeah, you can let you there there is but you can easily get over oh. like, it's, like the, vis- the visitor center is like all around but you could just like you could easily just get up to a cliff and go right off i see wanted. i see i see yeah it, it very much looks uh like the perfect suicide spot i wonder yep, and uh, apparently it is there okay. are a lot of suicides at the cliff of Mo- that's what i was just about to look at yep uh yeah that checks out to me um has anyone ever survived a cliff one person, uh, one person jumped off the cliffs of Moore and uh, and has survived. Good for him! Wow! All right. <laughs> and that person is Elon Musk. That's how he got his idea. He was falling, and he said, "Tesla, electric, electric." Yeah, um, there was that. Uh, what's that? There was a. There's a Japanese inventor who believes that sort of thing. Um, I forget his name. Believed what sort of to- thing? Um, that like at your moment, the closer you are to death, the better your brain works. Sure. Like is his, his work. So he made a, um, how he comes up with ideas is he went under, he goes underwater and he holds his breath for as long, as long as he possibly can until he like feels like he's about to die. And then he starts writing that he starts like coming up with ideas and his first idea when he was doing that was for a pen and pen, uh, a waterproof pen and paper <laughs> so that he could write down his ideas while he was dying. <laughs> That's fucking great. Wow. It's like Takematsu or something. Uh, And that's the only, all of his inventions are blank, but waterproof. Somehow that is like, I wish I had a cup of coffee right now. Oh, waterproof coffee. Genius idea, Takematsu. Great. All right. It's Nakamatsu. Nakamatsu. And he had, I think his his biggest invention was the the floppy disk. Whoa, that's amazing. Oh, so he's a classic inventor. He's an old But now he's just kind of a, a bizarre guy. That's also kind of the same, like, what if storage for information? Like, all of his ideas are, what if a notebook? What if a floppy disk? What if a gigabyte? He's the guy okay. who came up with the gigabyte. So his, uh, here are some of his inventions. Um, a siphon pump used at home to move soy sauce from large containers to small M- containers. More water right. shit. Okay. Good. Um, that's some of his early, his early inventions, like the, the, floppy desk, the floppy disk here. Uh, toilet seat lifter. Then... We get into his well, toilet late seat lifter. Stage. More water shit. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> we get into his late his late stage inventions. <laughs> pion pion jumping shoes with leaf springs in their shoes. Um, <laughs> what? A condom with a condom with an embedded magnet to to improve sensitivity by generating electricity in the blood vessels in the female organs. Oh my gosh, a cigarette like um, device for activating the brain. <laughs> a pillow that prevents falling asleep while driving. <laughs> Yeah, a people in a sheet of material described as a one-way visible shielding object. That's just cutting a hole in a fucking a wig for self-defense. <laughs> Good. This is literally like these. These are things that you think when your brain is firing on its last synapse. Yeah. 
Love Jet, a sexual enhancement product which he created out of concern about Japan's declining birth rate. He explained the purpose of Love Jet was to save Japan. I love that it does not tell me anything about Love Jet. It just tells me what it was. What the that's it. Yeah, I watched the documentary on it, and I don't. And it, Love Jet figured prominently, and I cannot remember what it was. It was like some sort of like oil or lube. I'm not even sure what it is. Bizarre spectacles in Here the shape go, of down. eyes, so that the user appears to wear no spectacles. This is fucking. It's a sex potion. Love Jet is a is a uh, lube. Yeah. Oh, non-oral liquid gel. Wow, interesting. The standard container has 69 pumps. Oh my good <laughs> lord! When did he? All right. When did 69 become the sex number? Okay, 2016 he invented this. What a what a Chad. I must say, what a Chad this man is. <laughs> a, um, he wants to save Japan. He's a Chad for good. He wants to save Japan. <laughs> a CFG. Um, so I guess his, his working principle about Japan's declining birth rate is people don't, Japanese people don't like having sex enough. Uh-huh. If I made sex more pleasurable, we would have more kids. Sure. That's his, so that's his working fucking theory is that you know, Japanese people were just all bad at sex. What do you think? How do you think this is different than regular pump, than regular make go, than regular lube? I don't know, but uh, let me see okay. how much it costs. You might be getting some. In the oh, mail. the product works see. by increasing the secretion of a hormone called DHEA, responsible for better memory, learning ability, improved skin and muscles, and the prevention of cancer. So. <laughs> At least it's not damaging. <laughs> I guess so. It sounds very woo, but all right. Anyway, we got it. We got to move away from this. This could be a podcast in itself. Good. I fucking... was looking to how much I could buy, how much for Love Jet, and it. I'm not getting that. I'm getting a shirts that say "I love Jet Noise" <laughs> and Top Gun pictures. You can buy me the "I love Jet Noise" shirt. That's totally fine. I'll take that too. Uh, boy, he seems like Jim. He seems like Jim. Because yeah. he is also, he, uh, in 2014, he said, I think people are going to reach 144 years of age. Um, what a wild person. And as we all know, Jim is just celebrating his 144th birthday. <laughs> and this guy's an elf. That's what he does best, is live. Um, so there's some <laughs> other stuff. So speaking of the lyrics of this song, I hate the phrase, out on the lookout, which is repeated a million times. On the look, on the lookout, so Because it is, why would you say the word out? Why would you bookend, like, shouldn't it be up on the lookout? Like, out on the lookout just sounds ugly. This is so, so fucking minute. But as a writer, would you agree? Do you feel like that needs a second draft, a punch up? I mean, the best, as, as a writer, I would say the best way, the best rhyme a word can have is itself. I hate you and Cliff B <laughs> from Cell, Cell, Cell episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. Fair enough, I guess. I have no argument for that. You are a writer. Um, there was a part in this song when I, I fucking loved it. And it's when Kev starts doing the backup vocals near the end of the song. Because I, st uh -huh. I started laughing out loud because I pictured Ed in a lawn chair, relaxing on the lawn, watching his two kids play. Like, fly, little birds. You don't need me anymore. You are your own people now. This is a Jim and Kev song. <laughs> How fucking wild is that for the bare naked ladies? Uh, yeah, uh, it's something. It is something, and it's something good. I must say, <laughs> I like hearing more of these. Well, I like hearing more Kev. Yeah, fuck Jim. You're right. 
Um, somebody in our Discord just mentioned that we were going to hate Jerome, which I think we talked up maybe uh, two, three episodes ago. So uh, I'm excited to get to that other gym song. Oh, yeah. Um, love the laser noise at the end of the song because I am a simple man. <laughs> I, I liked... I didn't like the laser noise. Wow. Okay. Why? Like the Martian, the Martian, like, pew, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. yeah. Like, I didn't like that, but I, what I liked was that the song just ended. Yes. Like mid, like just mid, mid, mid even mid stanza. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, there's was no ramp up that because it like, it echoed the fleetingness of the lyrics. Like I, I really liked that. Yeah. That was the, I'd say the only musical thing in this song that I appreciated other than the strings. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Even so, even though they ended in the middle of a stanza, I still feel like this song is too long. Like, by, like, maybe just, like, 20 seconds, by the end, I just started to get sick of it. I was just like, all right, enough <laughs> of this. Come on, bring it bring it along. Let's move. Maybe you just didn't like the song, Saker. But I think I sort of did. I like the I like the meat of it. It's when they just extend it too long that I was just like, no, oh, I can't, I can't, I'm not into this. It's a real... It's a real bubblegum scenario. I think, you know, a piece, you're fine. More than a couple pieces, that's too much bubblegum for me. Your jaw just starts hurting. Your jaw starts hurting. Your bones start aching. Your joints start loosening. You know what it's like when we eat too much gum. We all know what it's like when we eat too much This is a universally relatable thing I'm saying. Um, Yeah, okay. Uh... What else? Anything else about this song itself? Uh, not about the song itself. Did you I mean, did you see that there was a one hour concert special called Barenaked Ladies on the Lookout? I saw a bunch of live versions. I didn't know if any of those are from on the lookout. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they are. It was just uh, it was like before or just as All in Good Time was premiering. I don't know if this was like a some Canadian uh, CTV special or mm-hmm. something. It was a one hour where they just played a bunch of songs from All in Good Time. But interesting oh. that they named it after On the Lookout. Don't know why. Um, yeah, let's talk about some of the live versions. Uh, I found almost nothing interesting about the live versions. What did you I found find? a couple. Uh, uh, like Jim Jim on the piano. Of course he can play the piano. He's amazing at everything. Yep. You know, even when he's, he's amazing even when he sucks. I think the thing that I liked about the live version was Kev scatting during the musical interludes. The, yep. You just said the two things that I wrote down. Jim on the piano like, and Kev scatting. Just... I couldn't. It was unbelievable. I loved it. I couldn't tell if these were like pre-production, like in the studio we decided to take Kev Scatting out, or if this was like they they made the song. And they were like, "Fuck, you know what would have improved it?" And we're gonna do live from now on. <laughs> Kev, why don't you just <laughs> give us a few Scatman Johns on the chorus here? Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, and just like Kev's like whispery scats, like happy to papa. He's such a my fa fa fa's and my la la la's. What are we doing here? I, um, Kev, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Jim not only was on the the piano, but it was actually a Kev Ed Jim switch because it was mm-hmm. yeah Kev on the uh, Kev on the guitar, Ed on the bass, and Jim on the piano, which I thought was neat. And Tyler's still on the drums. And and by still. the way, Tyler, Tyler looks pissed off in every Does shot. He? Like he cannot wait for this fucking song <laughs> to be over. I did not. I did not clock that. I enjoyed yeah, that. He just though. looks angry. That's fun. Yeah. The only other one I saw was the Hearts for Haiti charity event. Mm-hmm. It was. It was just a, another version, another play of the song. But like before it, Ty and Ed spend a lot of time talking about how scary Jim can be. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he wore big boots that night and was like stomping on the stage. And then, uh, yeah. So that, and then they also, Jim says, "This one goes out to the Nicholas Brothers." Um, <laughs> 
and then those, that, that uh, was the, those were the people he killed on the lookout. Well, those are two of like the best tap dancers from the fifties I've ever seen. What in like, the um, fuck? Like it it that that little thing. I remember the Nicholas Brothers, and like that sent me down a rabbit hole watching like all their shit. Um, the fuck, uh, Stormy Weather with Cab Calloway. Like the I forget what year it came out, but like the jumping jive where they're dancing. Okay, Jesus, that's some fucking talent. Like at one thirty in the clip. Um, we're going to put the clip in the show notes, by the way. Both of them jump off a, f- a grand piano in tap shoes and tuxes and land in full splits on the floor. Whoa, holy shit. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Wow. And then, oh, and then Ed, Ed talks about um, how he, they, they, this was in San Francisco, apparently, because Ed talks about um, how he was filming an episode of Ed's Up in San Francisco. Nice. Where he was gonna, supposed to work on cable cars, but they wouldn't let him work on cable cars because they were afraid he would break something and it would cost like $75 million. <laughs> yeah. So at the end, um, his producer is like, can, can, can you do anything here? Can you like clean the toilets? And uh, the guy that he's working with says, there are any toilets on a cable car? And the producer goes, oh, really? Then what did I just shit in? <laughs> it's a good, that's fucking great. It's a good, good little end joke. Oh, that's very funny. So, oh, boy. Yeah, that's all my live stuff. It's all ancillary things yeah, to the song because they just play the song. Yeah, they don't do anything I'm special. I'm kind of amazed that this one just gets a treatment. Like, nothing special, nothing going on. They don't really do... Why do you think... Can you think of a reason why you suppose he... he uh, um, uh, this song was out. Go, went out to the Nicholas Brothers? Because he liked them? Okay. I don't know. Like, I feel like if I were the Nicholas Brothers, I would be insulted by having this song go out to me. <laughs> like... like Based on my talent, I'm sure. sure they're both dead now or something, sure. but uh, um, or very very old and don't care. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I guess it could be uh, this w- could be the Nicholas Brothers, uh, Jack Nicholas and Nicholas Cage, sure. <laughs> the most famous Nicholas Brothers. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were in the audience that night. Is that a possibility? I don't know. I'm just. I'd- I find it hard to believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm sure that uh, some eagle eyed listener will point it out. Eagle eared listener will point out the sure. connection, but sure, sure. I think he's just, I think Jim was just a fan of their work because it is stunning. Boy, imagine like thinking like all night, like, okay, my song is coming up. I'm seventh on the set list tonight. And I like, I'm going to get a chance to shout out somebody. Should it be my wife? Should it be my kids? And then he gets up there and he just blanks and he's like, I'd like to thank tap dancing. Please, uh, th- please. And thank you. <laughs> Just a weird, a strange. I wonder if it was a panic. I think it was. Maybe panic. they had just. Maybe they had just died or something like that. That's very likely. Okay, I think now we're on the same page. Um, Ebo, it's time to tell me what sci-fi movie is this song? Is it? <laughs> don't ask. Don't ask me. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna tell you. I need to know. Because <laughs> I did no work for this segment. So the uh, um. Nicholas Brothers died in 2006 and 2000, You're respectively. Still looking, so no, there's no way we went yeah. out to that, or uh, they just died. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it. Okay, great. That was your sci-fi read. All right, and now we rent the <laughs> we read the song. No. My sci-fi read. This song, like tears in the rain, is Blade Runner. Um, as you well know, it's a Ridley Scott directed, Harrison Ford, Rutger Howard, Edward James Olmos, and Sean Young film. Okay. Uh really never really was a fan of blade runner i think i i I saw it when i was young didn't like it saw it old when i was older didn't like it Um, interesting okay i don't think it's a i don't it's one of those movies where i recognize it's an objectively good movie i just don't like it i i um yeah go ahead i i just i i think my viewing of it was so special that i couldn't not i saw it uh at like hour 18 of a 
24-hour movie marathon we have here in Columbus where everybody packs into a theater and tickets are like $60 and you just watch sci-fi movies for 24 hours. So it was like I was loopy. I was delirious. Uh, fucking it was glorious. It was it was definitely an experience. I felt like I was I was there. Um, so I enjoyed it, but perhaps just because of well, the... I mean, 2020 is basically Blade Runner. Yeah. So we are there. By the when, way, when did that um, was the sequel like Blade Runner 2020? No, it was definitely 2049. 2049. I think it was 2049. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, something like that. You're right. Sorry, keep so, going. So um, no, that's Harrison Ford plays Rick Rick Deckard, <laughs> a Blade Runner <laughs> whose job is to hunt down bioengineered replicants. So replicants are like like artificial life um and they all have replicants are made with a like um like planned obsolescence so they only live about four years um so he's tasked deckard is tasked by his old police supervisor to hunt down four replicants who have come to earth illegally he starts to do that he goes to the plant that makes these replicants and learns about this thing called a void comp test where it tests it can determine whether you're a replicant or not Mm -hmm. um the boss of the plant has him like try it out on the boss's secretary who he's like i want to see it fail first and then uh harrison ford administers it and he's like wait she's a replicant um and the boss is like yeah she's a new model and uh, she believes she's human or some shit because they like <laughs> implanted the boss's daughter's memories in it or something in, horrifying yeah. yeah so she thinks she's real she thinks she's people right anyway <laughs> so hunting the replicants uh um He's hunting him down. He kills one of them. Another one gets a drop on him. Rachel, this secretary who thinks she's people, saves him. And in return, Deckard forces himself on her. Bing bong. That's how it go in the 1980s. Yikeroo. Yep. yep. Straight up, like, sexual assault to up to and including rape. Hey, um, yeah, she did not want that. Um, anyway, so Rucker Hauer, the real hero of this uh, piece, breaks into the big boss's house to ask for more life. Big boss say, no life. So, uh... <laughs> Rucker Howard kills him. Deckard comes in, comes in. There's like a little fight and a chase. Uh, Deckard fucks up and falls. Howard, How- Rucker Howard grabs and saves Deckard's life. Even as uh, Rucker Howard's body starts to break down, he gives the best part of the movie, which is an impassioned speech about sea beams twinkling off the Tannhauser gate, lost like tears in the rain, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the end of the movie, basically. Cool. Sounds like a fun um, one. So how the yeah, fuck it- is this like on the lookout? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's obviously like on the lookout because the, the whole, um, the whole conceit is about the impermanence of life, especially if you're a replicant. Sure. Um, Sure. Moving fast, nothing lasts, make it last. That's the replicants, right? They're all like, I'm a pleasure model. I'm a battle boy. Like they're all like with a specific (laughs) focus and they're trying to be more than they are. And especially because the, the limited timeframe of their life, like all these, these four replicants come to earth, but they're in the last like month to days of their life. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, waves crash. Our past is lost like tears and rain, man. Like, wow. This is just a, it's echoing all this sort of stuff. And then just like the, uh, just like the narrator, not the narrator, but the care, all the characters in, uh, in Blade Runner, the narrator of this might be untrustworthy because this might be a murder suicide or a cult or anything like that. Sure. Well, I mean, course, that's... Oh, oh, the most important part is that Deckard, Rick Deckard, is on the lookout for replicants. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. I did not... Yeah, okay. On the nose. As as usual, I love it. Hey, I um, mean, Jim Jim likes, uh, likes explicit stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, I forgot. Jim was inspired by this. Yes, my yeah. bad. <laughs> I always forget that these are entirely themed albums. What were you going to say? Uh, buddy, you got me. I, <laughs> I have forgotten already. You got mail. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's it's that's a good read. I like this one. Um, I definitely think I could see. Do you think there's anybody out there watching along with our uh 
our watch-alongs. Do you think after every Tuesday they sit down and they're like, I'm going to watch It's All Been Done's recommended film of the week? <laughs> That'll be fun. No, I, we don't get... <laughs> think, I don't think anyone does that at we, all. We should have started this with like a film club discussion night where every Wednesday we got together with our fans, uh, our fan, excuse me, and, <laughs> and talked, about, uh, talked about the movies that we watched that week. But, oh well, we're not doing that. But it's not the, the albums aren't always about movies. I mean, we could we would have a like a full house uh, watching that would have been fucking and... great. A, a dating sim playing episode uh, that would have been fun. We, oh well, too too little, too late, as they say. Yep, that's the put that on my tombstone. <laughs> Fuck, that's a good epitaph for a tombstone. <laughs> Holy, too if late. you could have, hey, uh, I've just created a uh, a new question for our email. If you could have one naked lady's title as the epitaph on your tombstone, <laughs> what would it be? Do you know offhand what yours would be? Uh, old Dirty Hank. <laughs> People are going to think that was your name. Not that that's a bad thing, but um, I think I would have maybe not on mine. That's a good, very scary. Mine would be upside down um, <laughs> and the tombstone would just be in reverse. Sure, absolutely. Mine would say take it back with like six exclamation points and an arrow pointing gonna, up to God. I'm not going to have a tombstone. That's that's well, funeral, indi- funeral industry is fucking know, bullshit and takes advantage of people at possibly the worst time in their life. Get cremated, everyone, and just stay with your family and be ashes in your family's house. <laughs> Boy, you really took this fun yes and segment and you <laughs> changed it into a uh, environmentalism. Be with your family, yeah. just like the music of this song shits on the words of the song. Mm. I am doing that. Mm. Okay, mine would say, "Who needs sleep?" Ev. Now it's time to rate this song. (laughs) As usual, we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer clothes, the better. As usual, Ev, we start with you. Where do you rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed? I am a great inventor. Yes, you are. I have all my ideas on the toilet. (laughs) All my ideas are toilet based. The time when all my ideas are excessive. What about, remember um, from in the, uh, like the Wild West days mm-hmm. where you've got your long johns on because the, and you never want to have to take off your clothes because it's fucking nightmare world outside. And it's so either cold, always either too cold or too hot. Sure. Sure. You bathe in your, in your underwear, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah. You never want to take your clothes off. Right. And, and, and they put that butt flap in there so that you could take a big old <laughs> shit while you're wearing, without having to take your clothes off. Yeah. Good times. That's yeah. I mean, that would honestly, like if you're a mountain man, that would suck. Yeah. I agree. So I'm like, I'm going to update this for this fucking workaday world. Who has time? Who has time to take their pants all the way off to take a shit? <laughs> Not me. That's for sure. So I'm like, what do people like? What do people like? America Online. Most popular dial-up service in the 90s. There we go. So I'm going to work with this. America Online. <laughs> what about a laptop that unfolds from the front of your shirt? <laughs> okay. So you can be on, you can do some good work without on the toilet without ever having to take your clothes i'm like oh wait what if the toilet was your desk what if you just worked on a toilet sure uh, so i've got to make the toilet seat super extra comfortable and you can just poop wherever you are and it'll just suck it suck it down yeah yeah i love that there we go this is my million dollar idea the the business casual toilet <laughs> toilet wear so it's a shirt with a laptop embedded into it and yep, it a desk that's down. a toilet a, a super thin laptop but it's got to have room for that CD disc because I need 
to get that America Online CD in there. And I this like that. also got, of course, the modem that you're going to wear like a backpack. Strapped to your back, yes. Like yep. Typing of the Dead. I love it. Yes. That's perfect. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And then you're wearing pants, and but they have like a little butt flap that folds down. Yes. You don't even have to touch it. It just does it itself. Okay. As you unfold the laptop, your pants fold down too. Okay, got it. Okay, that's perfect. Holy shit. Well, wait, no, no. That's that's a little too simple. I feel like you need to open the laptop and then the DOS prompt comes up and then you need to like C colon forward slash forward slash execute uh disrobing. And your pants your pants like slowly like an aircraft hanger on top gun, your pants slowly fold down. It's unbelievably loud. Everyone in the office <laughs> knows what's happening. And it goes beep beep, <laughs> yes, beep backing like up noise. Backing, exactly and that's my reading of this song just wow. a, a lot of good ideas that don't really pan out and sure. it's mostly clothes sure 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 um for me for this song i feel like uh i am scaling mount everest i am getting up there and Ooh, uh yeah die, my friend i want to be on the lookout i don't think i'm gonna die i'm not gonna be like green boots or whatever his name is there, there's that place called like rainbow valley or something where it's like they call it Rainbow Valley because it's just covered with, like, dead climbers. Good lord, all the colors of their, their yeah. packs and shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, because all of the landmarks on Everest are, like, there's that famous dead person, like, whose mm -hmm. body will never, ever uh, break down into its component parts. Um, okay. But, buddy, I'm doing it. I am a champion. I am now a day and a half into my journey. My crampons are cramping on. I am just killing. You got your Sherpa. I got my Sherpa and I'm, I've got my ice pick and I'm like, this is the part where I have to like climb the mountain, like rock climbing style. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I hook, I hook my shit into my clothes and the little like hangy bits and all that good stuff. Um, and my Sherpa goes up ahead of me and I'm climbing behind him. And all of a sudden I, something goes wrong and I fall. Thankfully my, uh, uh, what are those hooks called? Carabin carabiners. The carabiner yes. catches and it's fine. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, help me. I come come back down and help me. And he goes, okay, I'll come back down. And he takes one step down. He slips. He falls. Plummets to his doom. My sherpa is dead. So it's just <gasps> me on this mountain. And I hear the the. I, I'm in my cold weather gear. You know, I have a hat on and goggles and big bulky pants and shirt and a coat and. I hear the telltale rip of my, my coat going as the carabiner. There's too much strain on it, and it rips, and it rips, and there's one on my pants, and it rips. And the one on my pants rips until it's up to my zipper. Thankfully, the zipper catches it. It's no longer fabric. So my mm -hmm. leg is totally exposed. Uh, one of my legs is totally exposed, uh, except for my underwear. Um, I'm wearing my lucky banana underwear. You just made you say underwear. Oh, I made me do it. Uh, half of my coat rips, uh, and there's like just my coat is tattered. Um, so I have two options here. I can either stay where I am and maybe wait to get rescued, but probably die of freezing on this mountain. Or I could just unclip my carabiner and drop to join my Sherpa in death. <laughs> um, and I think that's where we fade to black is I have half of my clothes on. I have a tattered coat and shirt. There's some skin showing. It's not pleasant. It's being frostbitten very quickly. Um, but you know, in the end, it's not a terrible song. I think it's, it's okay. I liked some parts of it. Um, but I think I agree with you on the whole, not great, uninspired, 
Um, thank you, Wojewoda, my Sherpa, for trying to lead me through. Maybe too inspired. I feel like it went all the way out and came back around. Maybe so. You think it's overproduced? I mean, not produced. I think it's over-inspired. I think Jim had just too many ideas. Sure. That's very possible. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a death by committee, only by one person. <laughs> death by creek committee. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, Evan. Hi. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever... Did you ever look at yourself in a mirror like, and just think about mirrors they're pretty cool aren't they remember last week when i said hey evan and you said hello and i was totally taken aback because i usually rely on you to come up with something yes anyway i am kind of freaked out what's the deal with mirrors if you press your finger to it and what's the deal with mirrors seinfeld 80s remember when seinfeld dated a high school senior when he was in his 40s and everybody was like he didn't get canceled and is still working today i didn't I missed the whole entire boat on Seinfeld. Like I was of an age where I wasn't I wasn't young enough to be in the room when adults were watching it because mm. I was like in my tweens or te- teens or something like that and I wasn't old enough to watch it on my own. So I might have caught like four or five episodes here and there sure. and I just I, I thought they were funny but never funny enough for me to like watch any more of it because I felt like that format of sitcom of like sitcom was over. Sure, sure. I had mentally canceled all those sitcoms. Yeah, I guess uh see I'm this is our the Blade Runner conundrum all over again. I enjoy it. Maybe it was a certain time in a certain place for me, but yeah, I think that. I, I, and again, I'm not saying it's I, again. I it's one of those things where, like Blade Runner, I'm like, this is objectively funny. I just uh, never really did it for me. Sure. Are you talking about Blade Runner? Is objectively funny? Slime Slimefeld. Slimefeld. Sure. Slimefeld. I'll- <laughs> I'll tell you what, I can't get into the spiritual sequel to Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which everybody says is fucking hilarious. I watched Crab Your Enthusiasm. Oh, what did I say? Crab Your Enthusiasm. Oh, I'm sorry. Crab Your Enthusiasm. Yes, correct. Everybody says it's great. And I was, I watched a season and a half and I was like, I can't, I don't understand why this is so great. I don't know. Ev, he's a sweaty, nervous guy like Woody Allen. I do love Woody Allen. Hey, remember when Woody Allen dated a high school senior? Married a high school senior. Yeah. That was his daughter. That was his daughter, daughter. yeah. Jaja Juice. Hey, boy, oh, boy. Remember when George Lucas married Jar Jar Binks? I vaguely recall that. Did you know Jar Jar Binks was like the first CG character ever? I didn't realize that it was so recent. 99, only 21 years ago, we had our first fully CG character. People complain about Jar Jar, but like for being the first fully like mo-capped dude, he looks fucking great. Like first CG character as part of a so, live action movie. Yeah, first mo-capped okay. CG character as part of a live action movie. Yeah. Because I remember watching like Reboot had like CG characters and that was before Star Wars. Yes, yes, but, yes. Like, but not mo-capped and not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I just rewatched all the prequels and I'm going to say they hold up to the level of quality that they were back then. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I want to say they hold up, but that doesn't make them good. Sure. Why did you rewatch them? Can I ask? I was rewatching them with a good friend, uh, C's Richards. Okay, 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 got it. Um, can you, I mean, when did you, was this very recently? It was, I want to say this year, because sure. we did it over Zoom. Okay. So it was definitely after quarantine. But okay. We watched, because I, I, you know, I'm always down to watch a Star Wars. Yeah, right. And uh, um, I'm like, I want to see the, I want to re-see the prequels. And God, it was, if, I agree with C's Richard, because he said they were, he liked 
what Lucas was trying for. It was like somebody trying to grab as many walnuts as they can. <laughs> and they just like, he's like, got him in his shirt, like just spilling out. He's like, got all these ideas. It's like Jim Cregan with this song. He's like, he's got so many good, weird ideas. And he's just trying to do them, to cram them all. But I think what, like the unforgivable sin of those movies was like the acting direction. Because oh. Hayden Christensen is a piece of shit. Like he's not a good actor. Okay. But like, Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman are objectively good actors, sure. and they still act like shit in that movie. Yeah, and yeah. that had to have been Lucas being like, "All right, you're at a ten. I need you to take it down to a two in <laughs> right. every scene." Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Here's... And like, that's just unforgivable. Like, if if the prequels had the cast of the most recent movies, and like that that level of acting and that level of like chemistry. I think they would be genuinely good movies. Boy, but if the sequels had the cast of the prequels and that, I, uh, they're already bad. Can you imagine how abysmal they would be? Fun oh. though, they would they would be like campy. No, no, I, I liked I liked all of them except for the most recent one. Oh, okay, yeah. I was gonna say there's no way you liked nine. We've I yeah, think we talked was, about the nine was not not a good one. Here's my secret pride slash secret shame. I have only ever seen each Star Wars movie once. So I watched them all once, and I said, that was fun. I'm done with Star Wars now, thank you. <laughs> I never need to eat a pizza again. Though, to be honest, that's not entirely true, because when I used to run karaoke in the, pre, in the pre-COVID days, um, one time they were showing uh, Phantom Menace followed by uh, whatever the fuck the second one is called, in the bar on mute, where I was doing the karaoke. <laughs> and I was fucking wrapped on mute as like background noise those movies are just fun to watch they're like yeah they're they're very visually stunning oh yeah the pod the pod podcasting pod racing pod pod racing racing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. can you imagine if it had been a podcasting set piece if it were a podcasting competition (laughs) that little annie was part of oh boy oh boy oh that would have been horrible if only lucas had the foresight to predict it yeah i mean there and i think i think phantom menace is the star wars movie i've seen the most Really? And I have no idea why. Well, okay. I don't like I don't seek it out. <laughs> I don't like look for, I don't go into the fucking wild looking for Star Wars movies, but I don't know why, but I've seen Phantom Menace probably 15 times. Sure. Wow, that's an inno- that's so much of your life. I know. <laughs> and I have no like I saw it in theaters and then I've seen it 14 times since then with like other people. Unreal. I wouldn't mind going back and watching yeah, at- Here we go. Okay. Star number 16, we'll do it again. <laughs> okay, good. I did. I did find out some awesome. Like it, Star Wars has always been sort of a weird, goobly like set. You know the Moss Eisley Cantina song? Yeah. The John Williams the one. Jizz, like, jizz music. Jizz music. Yeah, it's called jizz. Oh, you never knew that. I never knew it was called jizz. Oh boy, oh boy, you don't hang out in the right circles if you don't know jizz music. If you don't know Max Rebo's famous jizz band. <laughs> oh, Max boy. Rebo and the All Jizz Whalers. <laughs> it is funny though how much of Star Wars I've just absorbed from pop culture having seen each of the movies once i know way more than i should know about star wars um okay well it's time to get to the advertisement part (laughs) this is not gonna be funny to anyone but you and i (laughs) evan is threatening me with a knife right now um ebo you know what jizz reminds me (laughs) that's lgbt time machine the musical styling not the uh human excretion uh, well, could be a little bit of both. Oh, so this should be a music podcast. Okay, okay, okay. It reminds me of 294 Notes Streak. Yes, that's right. 294 Notes Streak. Uh, the podcast that uh, uses a bracket to determine what the best song in Guitar Hero is. Uh, 26 episodes determining the best song. Uh, it was decided on December 12th, 2019, and you can binge listen to all 26 episodes. 
uh, and enjoy the ride. Um, how did they do that in 26 episodes? Determine 294 songs, a bracket. That's fucked up. They just quickly. They flew. They just said song, song, decide. Song, song, decide. Like, that has to be, because there was like... Sounds like good pod. Like always, we are doing a really good job advertising. <laughs> I don't know. I've never listened to it. I'll bet it's fucking great. Uh, but you should listen to it, listeners. I bet you're going to love it. I'm sorry that I'm so bad at doing these fucking commercials. Wait, why don't you should do a commercial next time? Nope. Okay, never mind. Thanks, Evan. I do the commercials. I do the commercials really well. You do. You do a great job. I, I value your contribution. Hey, I think... You said that from now on you were going to be more deferential to me on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have been. Okay, that's good. I haven't I haven't called you a mealy-mouthed crotch pheasant even <laughs> once. I suppose that's true. Can't argue. <laughs> All right. Well, good job. Yeah, we did it. Podcast over. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now, I believe I said podcast over. You did. Are we done? I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one, one week. Is that the end of the podcast? <laughs> we're back. Oh, thank God. Okay. I was re- I was ready to commit to this bit. Um, the segment this week, maybe Katie, good cop, bad cop, the narrator into a date with a mutual friend. Oh God. <laughs> So who is this? Per- we, I got to conceptualize who this person is. They're a murderer. Is, I feel like this is a... Well, okay. Are we going with the murderer read? Yeah, I definitely think we should. So they're a serial killer then. Okay. Oh, um, well, are they serial or did they just kill the one person? Okay. So the, I think... Uh, well, the one person? They killed the Nicholas brothers. So two. Killed- Does that make them a serial killer? One in 2000, one in 2006. <laughs> Both the same way off the side of the yeah, moors like a- of Denshire or whatever it is. Cliffs of more. They're like a um, like an angel of death sort of situation yes. here, where they like snuck into their you know assisted living facilities and and pushed them off a cliff. Sure, exactly. <laughs> We're going on a trip, Grandpa. Um, so this is so a... it is, is it the Nicholas brothers' grandson? Yeah, absolutely, Frankie Nicholas. Frankie Nicholas. Yes. So we want to good cop bad cop Frankie Nicholas into a date with a mutual friend of ours. So who are we? Are we convincing Frankie or are we convincing the friend? I think we're convincing. Ah, good question. Yeah, like this. This segment is. Oh, it says good cop, bad cop, the narrator into a date right? with a mutual friend. Sure. Yeah, so we're gonna. So we got to pick the friend who's who's good for Frankie Nicholas. Obviously, he hates elderly people, so okay. we want to go as young as possible. <laughs> okay. So um, maybe Captain Underpants. Is that Captain, is... <laughs> Captain Underpants would be a good Great. choice. Okay. So we are trying to get Frankie Nicholas. <laughs> the tap dancing grandson on a date with captain <laughs> underpants what do we tell him who's the good cop who's the bad cop here i'll be the uh, okay go ahead you pick no you you, you pick okay you pick. i want to be the, the good cop you're always the good cop okay i'll be the bad cop <laughs> hey you're always the bad cop. fucker <laughs> <laughs> you look lonely as shit <laughs> i think i'll be the bad cop i'll be the bad cop too okay? late oh why don't we do bad cop yeah. worst cop okay okay hey fucker you listen lo- <laughs> Go Listen, ahead. you piece of shit. We know what you did. <laughs> it wasn't. We know exactly. We got you down to fucking rights. We, We've got the evidence. We got the blood. You got your accomplices in the other room. He's confessing everything right now. <laughs> you want to get ahead of this. Yeah. Yeah. We got pictures. We got CCTV. They have cameras everywhere on the moor. So. And guess what? One of your grandpas survived. 
oh, fuck, you didn't know that, did you? Oh, you thought you pushed him real good, but you only pushed him part good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's, he was clinging onto that crumbling cliff face when we found him half frozen, living off of seagull droppings. <laughs> he just kept opening his mouth and the seagulls kept coming by. They thought he was his personal toilet. You underestimated the Nicholas will to live, didn't you, you <laughs> stupid piece of shit? Now, I know you you can confess and you can get a lighter sentence or I mean, my buddy in here, my buddy and I here can get you off completely. Yeah. yeah. We can make this all go away. That's right. Frankie. We have Frankie a, boy. We Frankie have a, Munez. a lonely little friend who would love to meet you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he picked you out of the lineup right away. <laughs> and uh I mean, he's he's scantily clad. He's mm-hmm. uh, just young. You, I know how much you love Jerry Seinfeld, Woody Allen. Well, you can emulate your idols. <laughs> so, listen, Frankie boy. He's got superpowers. I'll tell you that right now. Listen, how- and a successful line of IP, uh, a successful IP. A I mean, he's raking in the cash. Movies, books. You want them? He's got them. I believe Weird Al did the theme song to this. <laughs> and this is a guy who is comfortable in his body. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like him scantily clad, don't you, Frankie boy? I know you mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. The fewer clothes, so the better. Just, yeah, let's just weigh, weigh your options here. Go to jail for life. Maybe. Oh, I forgot. Maybe this is Ohio. Do we have the death penalty here? Let me double check. Mm. Yeah, I think we do. Interesting. So you could be killed or you could go on a date with a baby. What do you say, Frankie boy? <laughs> I think we did it. I think we did it. I think we got a successful him. segment. Fucking got him. And now's the point where we take an email from a reader. Our friends, our fans, our chilly little chin straps. You can email us as well. It's all been done podcast at gmail.com. This is an email from our friend Maggie Rankin. Hi, Maggie Rankin. Hi, Susan. Is she the great granddaughter of Rankin from Rankin Bass, the Rankin Bass Animation Studios, who did The Hobbit and uh, Flight of Dragons? Uh, let me scan her email here. And Last Unicorn. Lord of the Rings, Unicorns. Most of those things she lists here, but not all of them, so I can't be sure. Okay. So, okay. <clears throat> hey, Saker and Evan. I am the daughter of Rank. Oh, okay. It actually is right here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a massive Bare Naked Ladies fan, I have. It's a, um, it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> we had a famous cartoonist on a while ago. Now we have a famous granddaughter, I guess. <laughs> this is our second famous, famous grandchild of the episode. As a massive Bare Naked Ladies fan, I have established some great friendships over the years with fans I've met at gigs who share my passion for the best thing to come out of Canada. Ooh, ranking BNL above poutine is a swing, but I'll take it. Yeah. I call- I'm, I'm really sorry that, you, that your love has brought you here to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is a poor choice. I call them my BNL family. One of my BNL family is Thomas Bird, who told me about your podcast a few weekends before lockdown in Bonnie, Scotland. Hey, thanks, Thomas. Ooh. What a good man you hey. are. Uh, Since your observations and discussions have kept me entertained during restrictions in Scotland, I finally this week caught up with the podcast after having listened to all episodes. Congratulations, Maggie. Now you're serializing it just how we do. Yeah, your your check's in the mail. All right. And now I'd like to pose you a question. If the Bare Naked Ladies music was to be constructed into a musical, what would be the story? What would be the big opening number and which song would close the show? Thank you for keeping me entertained during lockdown. What a great public service you are doing. All the best from Scotland. Stay safe, Maggie Rankin. Wow. Well, I know the the closing song is thanks. This was fun. 
Oh yeah. Or no, actually, and then and then of course dat fodder as they come out to take their bows. <laughs> no, Gordon King Gordon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that just do they is that a song they actually perform or does it just play over the PA while they take their bows? It plays over the PA. I okay. Think. Yeah, I agree with. And that. is this is this a musical? Does it, does it star the BNL boys or are they just like down in the pit doing their like? rock opera stuff i think just like uh the fucking queen opera or the queen musical uh sometimes brian may will come in and play the guitar solo um but for the most part it's people just doing bnl songs because bnl is too old to be the young hip beautiful cast that that broadway needs mm-hmm. to succeed um so the so the band they have playing is it like a are they they, they pick actors to play the bnl boys that look like them to play them i don't even know do you think it's about or is it just like a ba- BNL? I don't think it's about BNL because we're, okay. we're we are asked to come up with the plot of the musical, right? So I don't. I mean, if it's about BNL, we've just solved half the email, which really is e- much, much, much easier for us. But also, I think maybe perhaps less less satisfying. Here's a musical about Steve eating shit. <laughs> now that's the kind of shit a that one we act do here. Play. <laughs> Just sadly crying will break your heart plays in the background. And weirdly, the ending song is still thanks. That was fun. So, And Steve himself is working on a musical, right? He is working on a musical. That's correct. I don't remember what it's called. And I have no more information other than that. But he is working on a musical that I believe has him trapped in New York for an extended period of time. Mm. Um, Okay. So what's the big opening number? What do you imagine being like a big opening number for BNL? I feel like we've talked about good opening tracks before. Yeah. But I don't know if anything pops to head immediately. Um, I think that, ha- like, I mean, one week, the musical has to be titled One Week. Yeah, almost certainly. Just, just for the name recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's got to be a, maybe a high energy song. Perhaps something from Gordon would be, well, Hello City, right? Track one off album one. Oh, uh, yeah. So Hello City, it's a... Uh, it's like a coming to America situation yep. where somebody has just gotten like hey, somebody, uh, a lovable loser fell for a Nigerian prince scam. But in actuality, it was a real Nigerian prince. Sure. And he got his he got his money. And it's like a buddy comedy uh, with like this Nigerian prince coming to America. Sure. I love that. Hello, city. Or Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, is there some some element of because uh, I think the city could be Broadway. Right. So like he's mm-hmm. he's coming to Broadway. So maybe this is sort of a synecdoche New York where it's a play within a play. But the play is the Bernie Good Ladies play. And so they are coming up with the ideas. The Nigerian prince figures prominently into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's the investor. Is this a comedy or is this a drama? It's a it's a dramedy. Okay. It's a buddy cop. It's a not a buddy cop thing, but like a buddy a buddy comedy. Right? Okay. Okay. It's a fish out of water. Nigerian prince. He's got all the money, and the other guy has a million dollars. And Nigerian prince is like, I to get my inheritance, I need to find a way to spend a million dollars in New York. Oh, oh yeah. So so the 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 kid is in a cafe, and he's like, boy, I wish I had the money to put on this play that I know would succeed. And that's where if I had a million dollars comes in. The Nigerian right. prince is listening in the cafe as he's singing. He's like, well, I have a, I have, I could do this. Yeah. Okay. This is good. I like this. I like this. And we have, they only have one week to put a whole production together. Done. That's so fucking good. Perfect. What are the other Brennigan ladies big pinch me? Where does pinch me fit into the plot? I'm trying to think of their other big popular songs. <laughs> um, that's the pinch me is the, uh, the kid when the kid realizes that his dream is about to come true. Oh, pinch me. Yeah. Okay. I like that. He wants um, to be. He wants to be pinched. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got new merch. It's underwear. 
Uh, do you think they change the lyrics to be more in line with it, or do you think they keep of the lyrics? Of course exactly? they do. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, boy, this actually sounds fucking great. I would love to see a Bandicoot Ladies musical. I just hyped myself up on that thought. There we go. Man. We done We done did it. Are jukebox musicals the best style? Are we done with musical musicals? I guess Hamilton says no. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I think that I've never really been into musicals. Oh. I mean, I wrote, I wrote one in college. Oh. But like. Was it Hell? Yeah, Hell. Yeah, that's right. And, uh. That was that was pretty much my I got like I got I ate too many walnuts. <laughs> did you did you so, write the music and the lyrics? Uh, yeah, I, was, I did the music and the lyric. Well, actually, I did the lyrics and my friend with who's the music uh, major did the music. Wow, or, that's the, the, or- the orchestration. Really, really. Did you guys put it on? Yeah, it was sold out all nights. But by sold out, I mean everyone donated the five dollars and we gave it to an animal, sure, animal shelter. Sure, sure. But yeah. Okay. Uh, you should you should shop that around. You should spruce it up and chop it around. It sounds like it was very I'll popular. Spruce you up. Shut me around? Hell yeah, you're going to get bought. You're going to get bought, my friend. <laughs> I can tell this episode is over. <laughs> <laughs> Ebo, we done did it. Another successful episode. <laughs> um, what a good one it was this week. And I'm on the lookout for next week's episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> thank you. That's what I'm going to put on your tombstone. <laughs> he was very funny. <laughs> Um, so next week we have Ordinary. What a great title for a song in the classic Ed Robertson tradition of naming things so that your expectations are as low as fucking possible. Don't look here. (laughs) This song is shit. Another song or just (laughs) track seven. God, it's not outside of their realm to name it another song. (laughs) Like (laughs) in the great tradition of that as well. Um, Ebo, uh, what do you got to plug this week? San Francisco. The San Francisco treat. Treat. <laughs> uh, what's go- What's good in San Francisco? I've never been there. What's going on in San Francisco? Cable cars, hills. Cable cars, hills. I always want to live in a hillier environment, but when I get into hillier environments, I'm like, this would suck. Yeah. I don't know. I liked living in Athens. That was a hilly environment. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But it wasn't like you didn't have to like walk up. Well, you did have to walk up a bunch of hills. Jeff Hill, baby. And I fucking hated it. Yeah, it kind of sucked. You're right. (laughs) That was especially in the winter. That was garbage. Yeah, Yeah, where you're living off campus and you have to walk walk in. Yeah, bummer. Uphill both ways somehow. Your shoes are just grapefruit rinds. Garbage. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, what was it? Hills? No, San Francisco. That's what you're pitching. Are you San Francisco? But they got the cable cars. They got the. Ding dong trolley. They got the cable got TV. The, they got the cable from the X Men. They got, got the, the gay pride parade. <laughs> sure, yeah. Which cable from the X Men has led several years in a row? Yes. As the biggest Prominent ally, gay activist cable. <laughs> That's correct. Um. So yeah. Okay. Are you moving out there to join me and my partner in California? What was Cable's power, by the way? Cable's power is that he's from the future. That's what I thought. He's just like from the future. That's he's, like a power. He's got very big guns. I believe he also has like some temporal like shit that he can do, like throw time grenades or some shit. But that's just technology from the future, right? You might be right. Okay, here. I'm looking right now. He's got telekinesis and telepathy, of course, and t- <laughs> teleportation, apparently. But then beyond that, expert marksmanship, hand-to-hand combat, cybernetic enhancements, etc. So I think okay. probably initially he was just future man, and then over time he's got power yeah, creep. They had to give him powers. Yeah. But like, I think being from the future is kind of a superpower, right? Sure, you know everything that's going to happen, except the moment you come back to the past, you've changed everything, and now you know nothing. Right. 
or, but also you like i mean if i went back a hundred years i'd be like yeah there's this thing called uh um d- germ theory sure sure yeah absolutely <laughs> well 1920 i think they had germ theory but like you know 200 years i'm sure. like yeah yeah you got to clean out wounds and stuff and they're like are you a devil <laughs> i mean yeah you would be killed immediately for being a witch oh no i'm a white guy yeah i guess you're right so instead you're a genius yeah okay good call good call i'll be yeah i mean i'll be honest like yeah white guys have had it pretty good through history yeah yeah um, i mean since the since the invention of white guys we've been doing pretty well <laughs> who invented white guys um jonathan white <laughs> johnny albinism was <laughs> the the uh yeah uh this week i'm going to plug i think uh i think what invented whites was uh less sun environments with less sun sure i thought so you, you were needed, this was a guy's yeah, name needed, like les paul no, you needed lester lester <laughs> sunsman Sun. yeah because you needed less melanin or you needed less melanin because you had to get your vitamin d or you die yes absolutely uh less absolutely uh i'm going to plug uh bishop this week uh, another from aliens time traveling mutant from the x-men whose uh power is uh energy absorption and redirection and the ability to instinctively know his present location <laughs> what a terrible power <laughs> jesus i know i know where i am i know i have the i have the ability to always tell what time it is <laughs> like all right i guess that's cool all right. Ebo, this has been a fun one. It's been a big old chungus of the time. <laughs> I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one, one week. week. Welcome to 294 Note Streak, the best idea for a podcast of all time. We use a bracket to rank every song that's ever been in a Guitar Hero game. That's pretty much it. That's the whole idea. My name's Joe. I'm Riley. We do that thing we just said every mm, two weeks? We rank it on how much we like the song and if it makes a fun chart to play. Is 294 an equally divisible number for a bracket? It's not! (laughs) Is Thunder Kiss 65 the best white zombie song? Can anything topple Hangar 18 in this race to the top? Will Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker defeat Michael Jackson's Beat It? Yes. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Should Fat Lip be in Guitar Hero? <laughs> Find out by listening to 294 <laughs> Note Streak on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or a better app. And remember, enjoy music. <laughs>